0: episode 300 that is unbelievable you guys persistence is just noteworthy and the other thing is you guys got to be completely long-suffering to do 300 episodes on late orient football club seriously guys thanks for all that the have done for late and orient and uh, really appreciate you guys so much all right best to everybody and up the o's
1: Welcome to the Orient Outlook Podcast, sponsored by town and country Harlow estate agents, with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, myself, Dan Chum, the Biddy Lajande, the one and only, the daddy-o, for the 300th time, it's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you
2: very much indeed, Mr. 300. Welcome back, everybody. As you are aware, this is our 300th episode that's 300 crazy episodes where we've talked late night. that doesn't take into account the standalone interviews that we've done so thanks to everybody who tuned into last week's show very much appreciate your support and i think When we do these, we never really know how many people are going to listen, even if anybody's still interested in listening to us ramble on about Orient and what's happened (laughs) over the last week. But you do, and we are genuinely grateful. Special shout and mention to everybody who's listened to us from episode number one way back in 2014, July 2014, when we recorded our very first show. On a app called GarageBand that only had like 29 minutes or 30 32 minutes, minutes long. was it 32? Yeah. And nothing at all. And here we are struggling to keep things under an hour. So let's crack on. Enough of that waffling. This week we've got the main action points from two games: one loss, one win. Um, Obviously, we're going to be celebrating uh, as much as we can uh, the fact that we have reached this milestone. We've got a few special guest messages. One beautifully put uh, at the top of the show with Kent. Thank you, Kent, for that. That's very, very uh, appreciated by us. Um, we've got more messages as we celebrate this, so I think let's let's just crack on. And as always, we start with a word from our sponsor. We
1: certainly do. So covering London, Essex, and Hertfordshire, town and country, Harlow estate agents are run by Orient season ticket holders and fans, and have already helped quite a few of you now move home already. And the best part is, they offer all Orient fans and staff a discount from their already competitive fees. So if you want to uh, sell your property or curious as to its value, you can give the guys a call on 1279 883 or on 7528 471497 or you can get in contact with the guys on Twitter. They can be found at T&C Harlow or you can find uh, Charlie underscore Paul who is a director that's P-O-O-L-E in Town & Country like we say every week. They don't just sell houses, they change lives. They most certainly
2: do. So let's move on then to the Supporters Club. We are off, as you will well know by now, we're off to Stockport County next Saturday, the 19th of November. Coaches are going to be leaving the Supporters Club at half past eight in the morning. Uh, the fare for this one is £42 for adults, £39 for concessions and under-16s are £21. And remember those prices don't include your match day ticket. There's also a £3 surcharge for non-members and given how the trains are at the moment, it's it's a very safe bet that you're going to get there and back uh, and not miss the game. So to book on any trip through the Supporters Club, you can go into them on a match day but obviously as there's no midweek home game, uh, you're going to have to call the travel line where Malcolm is waiting to take your call on Oh seven five zero seven five three nine five seven nine. That's to book onto the supporters' club travel, not just for Stockport County, but for any of the trips that they are making this season.
1: Yeah. So add to that as well, if you would like to travel to the battlefields of Northern France to visit the resting places of the Clapton Orient players who died at the Battle of the Somme in nineteen sixteen, and you can do so by contacting Steve Jenkins on zero seven nine seven one one four six five zero two or you can email Steve at Steve Jenkins at bt The dates for this are the twenty seventh of July through to the thirtieth of July for next year. So an uh, amazing uh, event uh, and trip being arranged there that the supporters club are involved with so at the beginning of the podcast we had the Vice Chairman Ken T give Sorry, us a great message. Just before you go on to that the guy who did the
2: greater gameplay, Michael Head um Was posting posted something on Facebook. I'm friends with him on Facebook, and apparently they're trying to make that play the the greater game about the Orient and the Somme and that into an actual feature length film for for kind of Hollywood. So there's some exciting stuff to in the pipeline really to to help commemorate that. So just on that point there, I thought that was worth mentioning. Yeah,
1: fingers crossed he can get that. Uh... Funded and, and
2: made, yeah, absolutely.
1: So we've already had one uh, board member send a message in Kent, which was fantastic. We also had a message uh, from Nigel Travis, who we love on this podcast. So here is a message uh, from Nigel Travis.
0: Hi, everyone. Nigel Travis here. Good win yesterday. Still top of the table, but I'm here to celebrate the 300th edition of the Orient Outlook podcast. I've heard many myself Right back, to the time when we bought the club, right up to date. Uh, they do a terrific job every week, getting the fan opinions and making sure you they cover the O's in great detail. So congratulations, keep it up. So,
2: yeah, sorry about that, Nigel. I had you on uh, speed 1.5 there, so apologies. But thank you very much indeed and we appreciate your support and for listening to us um, through, the, through the harder times and also through the better times under yours and Ken's leadership thank you very much indeed yeah
1: fantastic so let's <laughs> get on in with the week that was at the O start with happy Monday the 7th of November and a quiet day but late in the evening the club announced that Anthony Georgiou had joined Yeovil Town on a short term loan spell so we wish Anthony all the best uh, from Oran Outlook podcast how was your th- thoughts on that one
2: yeah
1: I feel it's a bit of a shame that we've not
2: seen more of him um, I thought
1: he looked pretty
2: good in pre-season um, for whatever he picked up a hamstring injury but you know notwithstanding that situation I felt that there were probably times where he deserved to be on the bench and the guy was on trial from February so how have we signed a player that we that now obviously change a manager is obvious is the obvious answer to the question but I just feel that you know when Theo was out for a bit that he probably could have done a bit of a job for us on there not that whoever was in that position at the time didn't do you know well but I just feel that as a natural left-sided winger that he could have he could have done a job for us, but he's out on Yo- at Yeovil, um, for whatever reason he's gone to Yeovil rather than somewhere more local, but that's up to him, I wish him all the best and hopefully he'll have a good loan spell there.
1: Yeah, had a good pre-season, can't get anywhere near the team really can he, like, even with injuries, so best of yeah. all passes that he goes and plays some football. So before we hit to a Tuesday, we are delighted to get even more messages uh, into this podcast as early as is what we can. So we've heard from two board members already. Let's hear from another two. So next up is Coley Parry. So thanks, Coley, for sending over the message. Much appreciated. And here is Coley's message.
0: Shout out and congratulations to Stevie and Paul on 300 episodes. A long journey. I think that puts you probably past 10,000 hours of publicly speaking about late Orient. Which technically, I think, makes you experts by now, which would also make sense because I learn something every time I, I listen. Thanks for your dedication. Thanks for your time. Up the O's.
1: Great yeah. stuff there. Yeah. So we appreciate that from Cody. Yeah, I mean, 300 episodes, if you average them all out at an hour, that's, uh, that's, a lot of, uh, that's a lot of hours worth hours. of listening. Yeah. Uh, to, 240 uh, hours is 10 days. So it would take you 12 days on that uh, basis to um, listen just to the 300. It's a good torture t- tactic, that. No. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't quite call us experts yet, but uh, slowly, slowly getting there. So thanks to Cody. We also had a message come in from Marshall Taylor, which we appreciate. And here is Marshall Taylor's message.
2: Marshall Taylor from the Leighton Orient Board here. As a club, we're so lucky to have such a good range of independent podcasts and shows available to us. I just want to congratulate you both on such a milestone. 300 shows is some shift. Thanks for giving me something to listen to every Monday morning. Here's to the next 300 shows. Keep up the good work. Up the O's. Top man, Marshall. Thank you very much indeed. And thanks for your support. Always appreciated. So let's move on then to, to Huey Tuesday the 8th of November, and the main event of the
1: day was at AFC Wimbledon away. It certainly was. The team for this one was announced at 6.45, with Lawrence Vigaru in goal, Tom James, Omar Beckles, Dan Happy, and Rob Hunt at the back, with El Prattley, Pratley, uh, and you in the midfield, with Archibald, Paul Smythe, and Aaron Drynan up top. On the bench for this one, Sam Sargent, Shad Ogi, Jordan Brown, Stephen Duke McKenna, George Moncur, Jaden Wareham, and Charlie Kelman. So for me probably where I thought we'd come in only apart from Ruel starting I thought George Moncur might get an nod over Ruel for this one obviously Moncur had his wisdom teeth out that we spoke about in the last game other than that as expected I did make a point at the time saying I'm not sure where Adam Thompson is or if he was injured but Richie mentions that in one of his post-match this week mm. and basically he's injured Still, um sure. so no real surprise for me on that team. Yeah, I agree, agree. And we also had a lot of fan views that came
2: in. Um funnily enough, once this has been announced. We get a couple, two or three in, maybe four. Uh, but there was quite a few here which we'll read out now. Paul L T two P said, So starting again. What am I missing? Kelman and Monker on the bench, they must have knocks, tough.
1: Tonight. Yeah, I reckon I blew up, so I'd prefer my to start, but it should be a good enough side to be competitive.
2: Yeah, Vince Howard73 said, would have started Duke McKenna
1: over a otherwise as expected. A good point, actually, very good point there. Uh, from Vince, Annan reeves too. so pretty much, as I have always said, if rule is through the middle, then it's fine. But if he's not, then what is the point?
2: Yeah, but he needs to be up top in a two, I think. He's that guy. Agree. He's not the ten.
1: No, absolutely. Or a winger
2: for that matter. Phil Vz once had preferred Moncur to be in from the start, but looking strong.
1: Yeah, our Coral, 1972, so fine for the most part. But how Raw was starting, the majority of games, is beyond me. So clearly from there, Real Sotui is the main talking point when the team was announced on Tuesday. Yeah, so this
2: rescheduled match kicked off with the O's looking to extend their lead at the top of the table. Uh, in front of a larger away crowd at the New Plough Lane, new ground for people yeah. to go to. London game, although it's not, it's a bit of a sh- bit of a trek, isn't I've it? I've heard
1: it called like the New Plough Lane or the Cherry Red Records Stadium. I don't know what it's called. But, like it keeps being called two different things when I've looked at it. Um, right. So yeah, exciting times for the O's fans who'd like a journey hop and again another new ground. Yeah, I'd love to have gone. Opened up and let's skip forward in to the nineteenth minute and against someone to play. I think it's probably fair to say at this point. The Dons took, well, let's not call them Dons anymore because they're not our legs, it's Wimbledon. They took the lead <laughs> as a ball down our left-hand side was played to Davidson. He cut inside and found Hayub Asai, who drove forward. He took a curling shot, took a wicked deflection of Tom James. The ball fizzed past Lawrence Vigarou in the Orient goal, straight to the back of the net. And it was 1-0 to the hosts. Yeah, shame
2: uh, that one. I feel James should have got tighter to Ayub and stopped him taking the shot. He just didn't see. it seemed a bit nonchalant about it. And obviously the deflection is the deflection. What can you do about that? But um, yeah, bit of a bit of a shame, really. Bit of a fluke.
1: Sometimes they go in for you. Sometimes they don't. I think luck will ultimately even itself out. But if there's one game you didn't want it to be against, probably Wimbledon. away yeah. where we just come off the back of a cup defeat, big away crowd expecting, and a team who, when you look at the league table. We should be beating, but no chance yeah, for Viggs. That's right. Jamie goal for them. A minute later, Tom James picked up his fifth booking of the season, which meant he would miss the forthcoming match away to Harrogate. Yeah, 27
2: minutes on the clock now, and a long throw from Wimbledon caused a bit of havoc for us. But Royal Satoru's uh, strike, sorry, caused a bit of havoc for them. Um, and Real Satoru eventually struck the ball, but unfortunately went wide.
1: Yeah, there's a few uh, challenges going in. The ref was letting quite a lot of go uh, in this match. In the 30th minute, Archibald uh, got away with a warning after he pushed away Wimbledon player. He loves, a, he loves a bit of a mess, doesn't he, Archibald? A minute later, Riley Taylor did want into the book for Wimbledon for a tackle on Idris El-Mizuni. So you could already sense the ref was starting to lose a bit of control over this one and a lot of stuff was, was not going well. It should have been.
2: Yeah, two minutes later, Wimbledon doubled their lead as the O's took a throw in. Wimbledon won possession from that. Uh, they drove forward and after initial shot was blocked, the ball eventually broke to Harry Pell, who curled the ball
1: into the top corner. Good finish. Mm. Unstoppable shot. Again, they had the bit of luck. Their shot gets deflected, full straight to Pell, running onto it. You know, and nine times out of the sound, Pell's probably whacking those into, into the stand. but hit it well. 2-0, again, no chance for Vigoro. No. And you can tell we're massive. goes and cups his ears to the away fans. And they, were cele- they were celebrating like they literally won the FA Cup <laughs> final with that goal. So you can tell what a big game this was for Wimbledon and how expectant their crowd was and how now when we go to grounds like Wimbledon and Harrogate, it, the, we're the home draw. crowds are getting larger and they're getting louder because of how important it is, um, which is a credit to the job that Richie uh, has done with the team but a good finish from Pell but it is what it is isn't it
2: yeah plus his ex U as well so <laughs> anyway uh, 40 minutes on the clock now another yellow card as Aaron Drinan went into the book for a challenge on a Don's defender
1: yeah 4 minutes of additional time played nothing else to in the first half as the half time was won with the O's. I, it, I guess I think it's fair to say, turning them down.
2: Yeah, a bit of a shock that one. Um, The crowd was announced at 7,984 with 1,200 away fans. Decent, yeah, a, yeah, decent Yeah, I mean crowd. it
1: obviously sold out from being on the Saturday. Yes. I was quite surprised, I thought there'd be more tickets floating around yeah, on agree. the Tuesday but there weren't many out there at all so congratulations if you uh, were able to go. Loads of tweets, I think it's fair to say, at half time. We've only taken a selection because a lot were along the same wavelength. Orient boy, tweeted us and said, we have lost our heads in this London derby. AFC have brought us down to their level. We got caught up in a desire for rough and tumble. We need half time and to get back to our way of playing. The next goal is crucial. If we get one back, it's game on. But if we lose the next one, we will involve ourselves as much in their petulance. And I could see this getting uh, a 4 or five, so yeah, interesting point there from yeah. Warren Boyd.
2: Very good point, well made. David Barrett, six, said I'm at power lane amongst the Dons fans, unfortunately, and our midfield gets overrun when the Dons turn over the play. Not good, except for the first 15 minutes where we were pressing for a goal.
1: Yeah, Richie J. Bourne tweeted, Asked, AFC Wimbledon have mastered the art of not playing football. I <laughs> think you make a point in your post match about how much football wasn't played. Uh, during the 90s yeah
2: I've pinched that from someone who I will credit uh, later on Seb <laughs> Kane said seeing some absolutely joke tweets from Orient fans a poor half granted but some of the tweets I'm seeing get a grip so that was in uh,
1: regards to lots of Orient fans being so unhappy that first half yeah. which probably fine so but there's probably a lot of overreaction on them as well absolutely as there will always be uh, with any football team when they're losing at half time I think it's fair to say so second half started no changes for the O's and we went so close in the 49th minute some good work on the left from Paul Smith saw the ball come to Theo Archibald he had a shot the moment the keeper was nowhere it was going back and that Gunter somehow headed off the line I think at that point you already knew yeah. that it, we ain't going to score tonight it's yeah. going to be 2-0 even at that point I knew
2: you could tell. You could just tell how the wind was blowing that night on the yeah. hour mark. Former Orient loanee George Marsh came on as a substitute.
1: Yeah, done well for us. I'm surprised he's uh, ended up there as like a lead two substitute, basically. But I yeah. guess you know he's still young, got a lot of time ahead of him. Sixty fifth yeah. minute, time for the first O's subs. Tom James had already been booked. He was replaced by Jordan Brown, and a minute later Theo Archibald was replaced by George Moncal I wonder if that was Richie at the time going. I know I can't play Tom James. In the next match, and I think I'm gonna play Jordan Brown there. So when I play Jordan Brown there now get used to, to it to give him about half an hour to try and get him a bit fit superb
2: yeah. observation thank you mate superb <laughs> like we're 2-0 down there's nothing to lose now we're losing yeah. so there would be no karma or no comeback and it, on it stops even, so James potentially getting a second yeah, second yeah, like yeah, yeah, for yeah. longer. absolutely yeah. brilliant spot I'm sure uh, if Rich is listening that he may be able to let us know if that's right or not I'm sure you are 10 minutes later we <laughs> made our third change as Ruel was replaced by Charlie Kelman
1: yes. yeah 77th minute big save from Lutz Vigory. as Chislet took a free kick from about 20 Five yards and somehow Viggs got across goal and managed to get the ball onto the post and we cleared the danger I mean if that had gone in and it was 3-0 it would have just turned it into a terrible even a good save there from Mr vigor and that's the thing the difference of a
2: good keeper course, that can help make, keep scores respectable if you're going to lose from the Orient club twitter account we had one chalked off in the 83rd minute Orient have the ball in the back of the net as Jordan Brown drilled one in from the edge of the box but it was ruled out for offside by the linesman on the far side as he judged one of the Orient players, Paul Smith, to be interfering with play.
1: I think that was... I'm not sure how a linesman could be 100% on that offside. But again, you know, it's a tough job. It wasn't going to be our night. I'd rather have one chalked off on a night like that when you're two down than one when you're only a goal down. Yeah. And you've got something to play for. Yeah, true. And again, it was just going to be one of those games. On another day, that goal gets given we take it down at the other end two minutes later and we get an equaliser but it just wasn't gonna be our night that night. But frustrating I think it's fair to say.
2: That. Yeah, absolutely. But like you said earlier on, you could tell in the fiftieth, sixtieth minute that it wasn't gonna be our night. Million percent.
1: Yeah. Final sub followed four minutes later, is Jaden Wareham came on. He replaced Aaron Drynan.
2: Not sure really what the value is in doing that to be honest, for three minutes plus two or three extra injury. Like, what's the point? Like, bring him on with 10, 15 to go yeah. and give the kid a chance. There were six minutes of additional time in this case, though. George Monco had an effort that went over the bar and the referee blew the final whistle, uh, the full-time whistle was the O's to only our second league defeat of the season. Lots of videos and tweets emerging post-match of the Stewart, stewards being overly handy and forceful with fans in the away end now we should caveat that that somebody threw a flare on to the pitch which is not cool Um, it's been done it's been dealt with um, but don't understand or see the necessity for the stewards to be getting busy like that they just look like a bunch of old school thug doormans.
1: yeah I mean when you I think there was a video going around from one angle I think from like a Wimbledon uh, stand and from that angle it looks like the Orient fans are causing trouble obviously there's lots of videos from your end where you can see the stewards are just up for a ruck um, and obviously we'll talk about the stewarding in the post-match tweets because I think there's a few tweets that mention it anyway and obviously there's news on the stewarding later yeah. in the week that comes up and the flare as well which will come up later but it did seem like it was a, a bit of an ugly atmosphere within that stadium which is a shame because it shouldn't be it's Leeds football at the end of the day and I'm pretty certain you know Wimbledon don't really have a thumb or that kind if of way do, about them. They're not so kind of they're a family club, fan-run club. It shouldn't be
2: like that. Yeah, as our yeah. orient to be fair. So, yeah.
1: yeah, really odd and something that you really never want to see uh, in football, regardless of division or fans or clubs. So, Richie Wellens was interviewed after the game. Uh, we're not going to play his interview, but he did say uh, some tweets worth highlighting. He said, sometimes you have to go through these nights to get to where you want to go. And he was also uh, implied he was about to sign a new contract. He said, I love Lingy, the owner's here, and it's only right I show my commitment. Love for this football club. And also, we want players to sign new contracts. So if I follow their lead, I show them where we want to go. They'll stay and sign extensions as well. So it wasn't all interesting interesting
2: uh, at Orient after that defeat. That's an interesting statement to be making post-match because it wasn't prompted um, no. um, at all. Um, but obviously there were rumours circulating with other clubs about their business with other managers and so on. And I think the rumour mill was starting to to go a bit because I think there were some higher-placed clubs that were looking for new managers, so yeah.
1: will be. so. And as will happen, you know... That's, that's right. If Richie has only had two league defeats in 18 games, of course, teams, bigger teams from League One, maybe the Championship are going to go, who's this guy? Done a great job of Aaron. Again, it's the same for the players. Again, there's only so many weeks Paul Smith can score goals before a League One manager or a championship manager goes, actually who's this Paul Smith ladder or take Orin. a risk? Oh he's yeah. out of contract in the summer. I've spun him a cheeky 100,000 offer, see if we see what I'll do with that. Yeah. You know, it, it's bound to happen with some of these players in the summer and contract situations. And you know, maybe the same with Richie. So hopefully that new contract gets signed earlier rather than later. But it's not just Richie who's doing a good job down the O's. He's assistant manager and his management team of Paul Terry and Matt Harrells continue to back him and support him. We've got messages from both of those lovely chaps. Here's one from Paul Terry. Hi, guys. Paul Terry here. I just want to congratulate both Paul and Stephen on 300 episodes on the Orient Outlook podcast. Um, Fantastic work you do. Great insight to what's going on at the club with the interviews that you get from players, staff members uh, and fans alike. So, like I say, congratulations, guys. Fantastic work. Keep it up. Um, and thanks for your continued support throughout this season. Well done. So that was Paul Terry. We appreciate that, Paul. Thank you very yeah. much. And not only Paul Terry, the ginger Pella is back on this podcast. He can't stay away. So here is Matt Harold.
0: Hello, lads. Uh, just want to wish you a very happy 300th episode of the Orient Outlook podcast. Um, just trying to work out how many of them I might have got some stick on. Uh, but no, in all seriousness... Really enjoyed the pod. Um, I often like to have a listen after a good win uh, over the weekend. So, no, uh, great stuff, lads. Keep up the good work. And here's to many more episodes and keeping on this successful season, which uh, hopefully everyone's enjoying so much. I know I am. But, uh, yeah, well done, lads. See you soon. Bye. Ledge. Great. What a lovely
2: message. And for your information, you don't get stick on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for the, just for the avoidance of doubt, we're we're proud and privileged, and we're always very constructive with what we do, as well. So let's move on then. Thanks to Paul and, and Matt for those. Uh, and the league table. That defeat means that we are still top of League One, but we've played the same amount of games as everyone else around us now. As that was our game in hand, we are now up to seventeen games at this point in time. We've won twelve, drawn three, lost two. We've got 39 points accumulated and we have got a positive goal difference of 15. I mean, it's incredible. Brilliant. Absolutely incredible.
1: Things that you love to see Yeah. In goal difference. Hopefully, we'll get stronger throughout the season. So, Beardley Lejande on this 300th night of all nights. Let's have your views on AFC when we're done away. Look, you're not going to win every game.
2: It just you're just not. There are going to be some nights like this where it's just not going to go your way. Yep. It's not going to be uh, what you want. But it's just the manner of the defeat is sometimes hard to take. Uh, we had domination in the first half, but again, another theme of our season, we didn't make it count. Um, and like I said last week, it's it's just starting to become a little bit. I'm sure it's irritating for the management, the coaching staff, the the players, and, and whatnot that we're just not. We're dominating and not making that domination count and I'm in a few whatsapp groups but one from former Orient player um, Glenn Wilkie um thank you Glenn sorry I didn't ask your permission for this I hope you don't mind but he said the ball was in play for 45 minutes in that game. the league two average is 61 minutes.
1: Very just boring. let that settle in. Yeah.
2: Sixty-one minutes is your average ball time in place of a half an hour, for a third two. of the game in League Two. That ball is out of play, whether that's dead ball or throw in or goal kick yeah. or corner, whatever it may be. And last night, only half the game was actually played with with the ball.
1: Interesting point, Shocking. well made. Yeah, very. Uh, but we move on. Like
2: yeah, we lost. That's our second loss all season. Yeah, no I,
1: I had a odd feeling about this one. I thought we might lose this one. I I just didn't feel right in my bones right I don't, don't can't really explain it really. <laughs> really Um, by far and away I think we've been doing this podcast for what, eight years by far and away the biggest amount of views we've ever had unfootball related about this match unfootball um, related yeah, yeah. Stuart okay. yeah. Flair away end on the positive note great news about Richie uh, with the contract I thought Wimbledon actually took their as well Yeah. as much as they wasted time and kept the ball out of play we've done that Enough times this season and managed it. I think if you ask Johnny Jackson, if he was happy with that performance. I think he'd probably say it was amazing, mm-hmm. and that he was really happy uh, with the way they played. But for me, and I think I've said it a couple of times on this podcast and this season in particular. When we lose and it's a draw, it's for me anyway. It's a and we tweet. This is like the theme of our tweets. It's just keep calm, blip. Yeah, it happens. It's bound to happen. You know, it's, it was a blip. Nothing more, finished by saying let's get out of this division so we never have to go to AFC Wimbledon again because I say what, they want to get out of this division and I think we probably will. No. So, you know, they might have won the uh, battle. But we will win the war. Absolutely. Amen. Amen to that. So your views in, a lot, a lot of views came in uh, after this match. Thanks to everyone who was sending them from the ground, from outside the ground, from the comfort of their own homes, from wherever you were. Just because we read these doesn't mean
2: we agree with them. Absolutely. Sunshine LOFC kicks us off this week. He says, As much as we haven't been cutie enough, the officials have been nothing short of absolutely awful.
1: Yeah, that was a, a common theme in some of the tweets about the uh, fish chasing, And this one, Mike Oakley, one underscore, said, In the away in this evening, I've been utterly embarrassed by the fans. Can't win every game, but our fans... Have let us down tonight massively.
2: Pills the Doman said, We're not good enough tonight, but my God, fancy having to watch the parasite football dished up by Wimbledon. I don't think I've ever seen so many opposing players go down. Laughable that the ref watched it and did nothing.
1: Les LK52 okay, said, so I'll let others comment on the dreadful performance, but my worry is a lack of discipline and professionalism. We could not keep our heads at stages of the games when we really needed to, and this has to be addressed. Yeah,
2: we got dragged into their style
1: yeah, of play. Absolutely. Um,
2: Samuel LOFC ninety seven said, so "Got dragged into their games. Oh, uh, what a performance was a poor performance. Another worryingly disallowed goal. Who trains these refs? The only positive from tonight is the bigger picture, which is the league table. Still looks healthy. There'll be ups and downs, and it's a long
1: old season." Patrick One Flood said, so "They should make the team watch this game again on video to see how another team makes them lose their composure, their discipline." And it does a job on them.
2: LDP King said, let down by some so-called fans and the team were disgraceful. Let's be uh, man enough to know you have been well beaten and done at your own game. We need a goal scorer and to show up uh, and to show we have character as we don't seem to be able to react once we go behind in games. Big wake-up call for Orient. Now that's, a, that's an interesting point, need a goal scorer, right? Um, I, I assume you're alluding to uh, an out-and-out Stryker. striker. Centre forward. Now, I've had this conversation in numerous groups with numerous fans. Uh, we don't need a goal scorer like we've got out and out strikers. In my, this is just my opinion, it right? Was- and I'm obviously not a football manager, but this is my opinion. We've got these strikers in the squad at the moment. The problem we've got, in a way, the pro- the challenge we've got is that the formation that we have doesn't lend itself to the sole striker that we play being the prolific striker it's usually one of the two wingers that are the ones that are going to get you the goals because of them being able to attack the penalty box and potentially not being picked up well enough or being you know when you have got the quality of Paul Smith and Theo Archibald so actually we've got Kelman we've got Wareham we've got Ruel like they are and Drinan, Drinan yeah. we've got you know four good quality centre, uh, centre forwards here but because they're not being fed because Smith shoots on site because Theo shoots on site or yeah, it smashes the ball in for Smith to be at the far post or, or whatever it is, or Monker's corner to come in that Beckles might head it in or Happy might head it in or yeah. whoever. It's just not lending itself for that sole striker that we play in that three three and one formation up top. And I, so I, I disagree with people that think that we need to sign another striker up You know, in January because I don't think we do. I think we've got good enough quality in the squad already. We just need to be
1: serviced. Yeah, it's an interesting one to see if, if we will um, go out now. I can't imagine we'll be in a fifth one. I imagine one will have to go before another one um, comes in. So we shall see. Interesting point there about the striker. Ian Hutchinson, 0-8. Keep calm, chill out, and on to the next one. Still at the top, and we are the team to catch. This is the football roller coaster. we must learn from this. I think that's probably what I would have chosen as the final word. That's a, a great tweet. I agree with 100% there from Ian. Kyle Fear, one Said very frustrating, dirty... It's a combination of bad luck and silly errors for their goals. Dirty, but effective tactics from AFC. Terrible officiating, and us simply being nowhere near our best. It is what it is. On to the next. I agree with those two tweets. Uh, They're good tweets, yeah. LOC Theresa said,
2: Wimbledon, call themselves a football team, on the floor more than on their feet, and the yellow cards and the disallowed goal, terrible. But we didn't really get going, so we have to move on to Saturday and focus on that game to get back to winning ways.
1: Yeah, Kylie 05, it's certainly hard to play football when the opponents are falling to the ground at every given moment. When we'd have done a job on us, we weren't clever enough, but we'll move on and bounce back.
2: Dear Stu said, first 15 minutes, we were all over them, and had we scored early then, there would have been only one winner. Why oh why play Ruel in midfield? I don't get it. We needed a proper leader in midfield tonight, and there wasn't one. The substitutions were too late for me.
1: Oh well, still top of the league. Absolutely, safe hands zero. services. we weren't good, and we played straight into Wimbledon's hands. But it's a blip. We've only lost two and won plenty, and it's only November. Richie Williams will ensure we're much better at Harrogate on Saturday. Three points clear at top, and eight clear of fourth place. That was good a good point. point. I think people were getting lost in the we lost, but we're still again eight points clear of fourth. fourth place. And that's a three spread.
2: wins. Incredible. really is. Wilco 300 said, thought we started well, but once Wimbledon got in front and the crowd got behind them, they raced their levels. Not overly concerned with the defeat, but we will need to learn to stay focused, play the game, and not get drawn into player antics in a lively crowd, which is also good. good There's a decent-sized crowd there. You don't often play in front of a crowd that sort of size. I'm assuming that's tickets sold rather than bums on
1: seats as well. So... Um be the, it, it's interesting. Be the same at Stockport on um Saturday. I yeah, but there'll
2: be there'll be big crowd there Yeah, idea. massive
1: crowd. Yeah, Gibsey E S P a beaten by a pub team that done a number on us. Was mm-hmm. a free hit and we are still top. Really bad night at the office, but class is permanent. We crack on Saturday. Yeah, Miller
2: President said, after exiting the cup to concentrate on the league, we don't concentrate in the league and can't even keep our heads against what we know will be a physical side. Schoolboy error. We've just edged recent games and been lucky. Let this be the kick up the backside that we need.
1: Yeah, yeah good stuff. Steve Chapman force got sucked into a physical game and fair play to Wimbledon. They worked hard to stop us playing. What got tedious was Wimbledon's inability to stay on their feet and the ref for not doing anything about it. I know all teams time-waste but they took it to a new level.
2: Orient fan underscore 1881 said, been saying it for ages, but any team that goes one goal up against us will beat us. We allow ourselves to get wound up and don't actually play any football. Time for some change in that back four and don't even get me started on drilling. There was a
1: few tweets about Draymond, uh being ineffective that we haven't obviously put them all in, but that uh, view, I think it's fair to was echoed a bit. Uh, on our social media platform El Castaneto Is just awful No shots Sideways passing Tom James Is a real Weak spot At the back Not the first time That's been said actually um, no, so To be honest And teams are starting To pick up on this We need to bounce back ASAP Ignore the league table The performances Need to improve
2: Yeah M8XYL It's a new Twitter account for me So welcome to the podcast Said some of the comments On Wimbledon's tweets, explain this perfectly. Champions League performance, the crazy gang are back, and the manager calling it their greatest win. We are the targets, we won't win them all, but we can't get riled and have to bounce back. That being said, the performance was below par. Real classlessness from AFC players, but expected when uh, when they are going for a giant killing and horrendous officials again. Now, we lick our wounds and move on.
1: Great, good Good sweet. The final word goes to our podcast sponsor, actually, from uh, Town and Country, Harlow. Charlie underscore Paul said, poor and incredibly naive, we go again on Saturday, but now we'll see what this team is made of. However, Wimbledon fans should be deeply embarrassed by their team's behaviour, especially Pell. Mm. Some call it gamesmanship, but that went beyond classless. So, those were all the views that we are covering
2: post Wimbledon. So, Carol Langley Florist Prediction League, as always, we run a prediction league uh, before the match. Carol Langley Florists are our sponsor and they're an established business based in Chigwell, uh, sorry, in Chingford, I beg your pardon, specialising in bespoke flowers sourced from the finest growers in the world. From a simple thank you to a tailored wedding or event packages, they are here to help you. Get in touch with John and the fantastic team of experienced florists on 0208. Five two nine four one three zero, or you can contact John on social media he's at Essex Biz or Carol Langley E4 that's Carol with an E on the end uh, they're on Instagram as well Carol Langley Florist and just search Facebook for Carol Langley Florist they're also offering 15% off to all those fans and staff which could give you a pretty chunky saving if you've got a big function like a wedding to pay for
1: very true, very true. Unfortunately, we had four correct predictions uh, for this one. Record blue app, E10 underscore rifles. Ross McCaffer Orient underscore Ed predicted the correct score. So they shame got three on three shame points on at me. the top of the Prediction League table update will follow at the end of this episode. So Wednesday, the 9th of November, this isn't only episode 300, it's the bearded Day's first as a 43-year-old lovely male. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you, mate. For Tuesday. Good one.
2: Yeah, quiet. I worked, so it's Wednesday. It's not the sort of day that is worth no. taking off. So, yeah, just another one that passed me by, unfortunately. So, yeah, we move on, though. We do. Happy
1: birthday to you. And Appreciate also that. to ex-O's player and uh, manager, Joby Mackin. I hope they all had a great day. So before we move on to the next talking point uh, from Wednesday, uh, we're going to play uh, a message from the O's CEO Mark Devlin as the next part of his podcast features uh, his announcement on Wednesday
0: Wow 300 episodes many congratulations to Paul, Stevie and everyone associated with the Orient Outlook podcast keep up the great work guys and good luck for another 300 episodes at the very least
2: Thank you Mark, that's a lovely message and particularly as he's only just new to the club we really appreciate that uh, from you but speaking of, of staying with uh, the Orient Chief Executive, he put out a statement regarding the throwing of flares onto the pitch following the Wimbledon game.
1: He did. the Part of the statement read, The behaviour is unacceptable for a number of reasons. Not only will using pyrotechnics see the club face sanctions as a result, but the danger these can cause spectators is widely publicised. So these items are illegal to bring inside a football stadium and court with them or using them Will be subject to a ban from attending football games. The club takes a zero tolerance approach with regards to the pyrotechnics and will work closely with the authorities in sanctioning the individuals involved. Obviously, there were a, was a flare, I don't think it was multiple, was it? It was a flare at AFC Wimbledon. Doesn't make the club look good, makes Orient fans look silly. There's no point in doing it really. All it's going to do is cause mayhem uh, and more bag searches when trying to get in the ground and bring uh, disrespect, displeasure upon the club. So do not condone it here uh, at all. And like they said, zero tolerance. So if you are going to be seen enough to take it in and you get caught, you're probably not going to watch much football for the next couple of years. Yeah, certainly not in a stadium uh, at Brisbane
2: Road. So move on then to Thursday the 10th of November. My mate Russell Feldman had his birthday as well. So happy birthday to you. Uh, and if you've had a birthday this year so far and we haven't mentioned it, happy birthday to you. <laughs> uh, AFC Wimbledon put out a statement following our match. The key points read in as follows. Following feedback from a number of away fans, we've reviewed the stewarding and with immediate effect, the club will be working with a different agency well done Danny Macklin
1: yeah so obviously we only mentioned tweets that come into us or in out the Podcast Towers but following the game and a, a lot of tweets on Wednesday as well uh, lots of tweets about how brash and how hands on the stewards were at AFC Wimbledon so fair play uh, for Wimbledon and like you said probably Danny Maclin for sorting that out and changing over the stringing company they use so as a result sorry not as a result as revealed in our recent Mark Devlin interview, the club announced they were launching a new ticket exchange service where you can exchange your seat uh, for money off of your next season card. So we're not going to read out the entire uh, terms and conditions, but there are a few key points that we thought were worth raising for this one. This function only be available for games that are either close to selling out or already sold out, and the club will tell us when the system is live and the games it applies to. So it doesn't apply to every game. Only applies to something. I imagine it will apply to Bradford, which is kids for a quid. Sutton. And Sutton, which is football, football for a fiver.
2: Just to add to that, though, being that the south stand is pretty much sold out every game. every game, I can't help but feel that there's a few people that sit around me that can't, for shift and work pattern reasons, can't make it to every game and health and so on. Can't help but feel that it should be on for that stand as well. I'll feed this back to Mark, but uh, just... My as a, my thought process as we're speaking about it, that it should just be because people want to be in the south stand because of the atmosphere and the environment yeah, created. That it would be helpful to those fans in that stand to help recycle tickets.
1: Yeah, good point. There, see if anything comes out of that one. Another key point was if the season card holder seat is resold, that season card holder will get a five pound credit. Towards renewal of the season card for next season, the 2023-24. So you won't get a fiver in your bank account, right. you will get taken off your season card. And the last key point is this credit will not be available for any other use. So season ticket card holders will only be able to view the contents of their account when season tickets are launched for next season. So you don't get a fiver off in the club shop or a fiver off anywhere else. It just goes against the purchase of your season ticket for next season. But it's a much bigger article on the club's website, which is worth a read if you feel this uh, program is appealing to you. So I had lots of messages already. We're obviously going to have one now. This one is from board member and investor Nick Samaka.
0: Steve and Paul, it's Nick Samaka. Congratulations on your 300th episode of the pod. I always enjoy the show. You guys do a fantastic job. And I am looking forward to three hundred more. Up the O's, and all the best. Great stuff, love from that, Nick. Love that one
1: so much. Thank you, Nick, uh, for your kind message uh, and for coming on the Great Voice. are you in the season. Yeah, love it. Thank you very much, Nick. Much appreciated. So let's move on then
2: to uh, Friday, the eleventh of November. As everybody knows, today that day was Armistice Day. We will remember them.
1: Yeah, we certainly will. Saturday, the twelfth of November, the Young O's were in action in the morning. We had MK Dons at home. Unfortunately, lost the game three one. Charlie Peplum scoring the goal for the Orients, Even though we were defeated, so unlucky there to the Young O's.
2: Yeah. So the main event of the day, though, was Harrogate away. And on the Thursday before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you think we'd get on in this one. And after just hundred and eighty three uh, votes. The uh, results were 13% thought we'd leave, shame on you, 15% thought we'd draw, but an overwhelming 72% thought that we would win. So thanks to everyone
1: who took the time to vote. Absolutely. At 2 o'clock, the team was announced for the game, with Viguru being announced as in goal, back for Jordan Brown, Omar was down. Happy and Rob Hunt, midfield of Idris el down Darren Prattley, and George Moncur, and up top Theo Archibald. Paul Smith and Charlie Kelman the subs bench Sam Sargent Shadrach, Ogie, Jaden Sweeney Stephen McKenna, Jaden Wareham and Aaron Trana.
2: Yeah, so that side saw three changes from the Wimbledon match. Charlie Kelman, uh, George Moncur, Jordan Brown came into the starting eleven. Ruel Satoru missed out at the last minute through injury, which meant we only had six subs. Tom James and Craig Clay serving their suspensions. Decent
1: line- that's my lineup. That's my lineup, barring Jordan Brown and for Tom James, who would have started had he not been suspended, you would imagine mm. that's that's my line That's the back four I wanna see, that's the midfield three of Elmazuni, Prattley, and Monco. head of them I wanna see. And I think I've yeah. said it for the last couple of weeks. For me, I prefer Kelman over Joy I just think Kelman's just a slightly better player at the moment. Uh as it's stands. So for me that's mm. that's my team, that's my eleven. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a side that's very much capable of getting the
2: result against the side who are at the bottom end of the table. Uh, Wareham and Drinan are capable of changing a game, but beyond that, it's not really game changing or match impactful subs on the bench, in my opinion. Yeah, so yeah We're I mean, a little bit we're a little bit light there.
1: Yeah, obviously, normally you have seven. You've only got six. If you look at the bench. It's fine, but it's not. It's not. An ex- it's not a bench that would get you off your feet. Although there's some good players on that bench who who can do a job for you. Um, yeah. Again, you said it earlier, a lot, a lots of tweets are coming into us when the teams are being announced. So keep sending us your tweets at any point during the pre or post-match uh, programme or whenever you feel like tweeting us. Dave Brew 47976911 got us underway by saying, I totally agree with Kelman replacing Dryan and Brown's obviously going to replace James. All we need now... Three
2: points. Billy Carroll GB said, agree with Drinnan being dropped. Beckles needs to be benched as well as he's not been good enough recently. And that created a lot of talking it did. points. A lot of talking points. Most people not agreeing. Decent, but you're entitled to your view, Billy. Uh, and he doesn't play for Chelsea. Decent side that should be <laughs>
1: capable of winning <laughs> the game. I think the problem Beckles has got now is that Dan Happy is having such a good season. And we said it last couple of weeks. Happy is pinging balls all across the pitch like mess like there's literally points where he's playing 50 yard crossfield passes literally on the players' toes and you're like what are you doing how are you doing it he's always done that I know but Beckles can't do that and when Beckles tries to do it he looks clumsy and he looks messy so when he's next to someone so technically gifted of course he's going to look not as uh, good as the guy next to him especially so, when the ball goes to the opposition player yeah yeah absolutely so yeah I, Big big talking point uh, on that one, which is always interesting uh, to He's see. A big time fan of Dan Happy, and he likes to bring the ball out. It's yeah, Mat Baldry esque. Just yeah, I mean
2: two uh, points. You know, I
1: don't think you can be <laughs> too critical of either uh, Omar Beckles The
2: most amount of clean sheets. Like, exactly, clean
1: sheets is a collective. It's not just ridiculous. ridiculous and we and need to speak. even have so, this conversation, really. Yeah, but but, but interesting, though, interesting because I have been critical this season of Omar Beckels, So Yeah, we have. So 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 it is an interesting one. Bet are late never. So the hope Coleman gets back on the score sheet today. Feel like he. He is a bit of a confidence player. John Crabb3
2: said, Is James suspended? If so, it could be a blessing as he's been way off it recently and Brown has earned his start. Big chance for Brown and Kelman today. So yes, uh, that was responded to. Yeah, right.
1: And Ref of GC said, Strong line-up. I would have left Dryland in. But come on you O's, let's bounce back again.
2: Len Chin Chin one said, Surely a win today. A bounce back is needed to maintain our position in the table. The team should strive to be better. With a strong uh, starting 11 and good subs on the bench. Good to see Jordan Brown starting, a tight defence, clinical efforts on goal, please. Chances mean goals.
1: Absolutely. Phil VZ once, super strong. I like this setup.
2: I always like Moncur Browning from the start. Yeah, and the final one uh, of this is from Kid Samson, who said Kelman is clearly, to me at least, the best forward at the club for the formation and style that we play. Could use a goal, mind you. Yeah, that's great Thanks
1: to everyone who tweeted us uh, before the game. There were a few more, but we haven't put them in uh, due to repetitiveness. Uh, So the match got underway in a sunny North Yorkshire day. If you remember, last time we were supposed to play on a Saturday, it got called off at 2pm due to the snowstorm. And this was also Harrogate Town's Remembrance Day fixture. So there was a period of silence following the playing of the last post as the O's looked to bounce back following Tuesday's defeat...
2: Yeah, and fast forward as we will to the 7th minute, Jordan Brown drove out from right back and the move eventually saw Rob Hunt's shot deflected out uh, for a corner and from that corner George Moncur took it, Paul Smith hung in the air like an absolute legend Salmon got enough of a flick onto it to head past Jameson in the Harrogate goal to give the O's a 1-0 lead. Unmarked, near post, love it. And Simon, what's his name, Weaver at at Harrogate said, you know, players had their jobs to do and they didn't do it. Uh, And obviously, no one picked up Paul Smith. I don't know how you leave one of the league's most dangerous players alone in the box, never mind the six-yard box.
1: Well, he's very small, as we know, so I guess he wouldn't be a danger man. And uh, something I hadn't realised, Orient hadn't scored from a header this season. Mm -hmm. So, when I saw the goal sweep come up, I was like, "Oh, Paul Smith, another wonder goal, another forty-yard volley." So I was very surprised when I saw it. it was a headed flick on from a corner from a set piece. But you mm. know, he can score him from miles away. He can score them with his feet. It turns out he can score with his head as well. Great start. Just a yeah. start we would have wanted. A difficult away game, uh, small ground to go to as well. So brilliant start. Things you'd have to see. Absolutely, headed goals from yeah. the O's shortest player who knew you couldn't make it up I remember yeah. the last one was Dean Cox <laughs> yeah, yeah love it 16th minute in Harrogate looking for a way back into the game forced Vigaroo into action as Vig's caught a flick on from Patterson who was on the edge of the six-yard box and a minute later Theo Archibald tried a spectacular curler from 20 yards that went onto the roof of Jameson's goal. Yeah, that was a good effort, that. 21
2: minutes on the clock. Grant of Harrogate was 1v1 with Jordan Brown. He created a little bit of space, enough to get a low low cross fired across goal. And Armstrong ended up missing from fairly close range.
1: Yeah. Uh, 22nd minute. Superb. Through ball from Darren Prattley after some good work there from Midrussel Mazuni. To be fair, he played in Paul Smith. who was racing through on goal to beat Jameson. Smith got there first, won the ball, tapped it past the keeper, who brought him down. Referee awarded a penalty. No, it's a penalty. There's not even a debate to be had. It's just a clear penalty. I'm gonna change my mind on what I've written, okay?
2: Because what I what I actually originally wrote was yeah, it's a superb ball from from, from Prattley. No question or a doubt. I watched the highlights of the game back just before we started recording. Their goalkeeper goes out and goes to ground, but it actually looks like, and I've not watched it in slow motion, but he actually looks like he's not got an arm out to trip Paul up, but he's actually pulled himself back and tried to stop himself from making any contact with Paul Smith. Now, obviously, Smith has gone down like he's going to go down. I'm not 100% convinced of how much contact, if any, there was. And I know I'm probably in a minority of one (laughs) that thinks that. And I'm not going to overlook it because like, if he didn't touch him and we've got away with it, great, I'll take that luck. But if he did touch him and we've got that penalty, then good decision,
1: right decision. Penalty, it's penalty. Fine. Always look at the keeper's reaction if he didn't touch him the keeper would be acting a lot stronger than what he did the keeper just puts his arms up like any keeper does and when the ref gives the penalty and no Harrogate defender appeals it You mm. always always tells the reaction the players around it if Smith had not been touched and took a dive you would have seen all the Harrogate defenders run to him mm, but exactly. I, think, I think the keeper was going yeah. so I think the keeper was going so fast that it didn't take a lot of contact and Smith is always going to try and go over the keeper yeah. but yeah I even if that was a penalty against Story, you'd be going, that's a penalty, mate. Yeah, that's a penalty, mate. I'm not, compla- I'm not complaining. As you, obviously. As you, as you shouldn't. <laughs> Upstep step, uh, penalty maestro, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Number 14, George Monker, stepped up, took a beautiful penalty into the bob keeper. Keeper went the wrong way, and it was 2 0 Good penalty. Really good. I think it's nice to have a penalty taker as Orient fans who we've probably not had a, a consistent penalty taker since what? Consistently good penalty Lockie. taker. Lucky maybe maybe Lisbon I can't remember who took the penalties when, in the Slade playoff I don't think we've got, any, we've got any but I can't remember the last time I had such confidence going into an ornate penalty with Moncur stepping up because you know he's going to score and I think in the post-match which he says either 3 out of 3 or 4 out of 4 however, basically however many he's taken he's scored he's got 100% penalty record it's what you
2: want yeah so we're going to move forward uh, through this half now and just a few minutes later there was a terrible clearance from Jameson in the Harrogate goal, it was cut out by Theo Archibald, he drove a goal, he ended up setting up Moncur, whose first effort was blocked, the ball ended up falling to Kelman, but he couldn't manage to beat Jameson.
1: Oh, yeah, 28th minute, Dan Prattley made a big tackle as he prevented Grant from getting the ball by sliding inside the penalty, so well played there to Dan Prattley.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you can see Harrogate are starting to fall apart a little bit now and you can see why they are where they are in the league. They're not tragic, but they've just not got it together uh, enough. And that was an outstanding tackle from Darren Prattley. If that had been slightly like a second missed time, that had been a goal. Uh, a penalty back uh, Ah. and giving them an an edge back in the game 31 minutes on the clock Lawrence Vigery was called into action he made a spectacular acrobatic save to keep Patterson's effort out So still having to be
1: alert even though two goals are up 39th minute Harrogate moved the ball up uh, to our box got the ball to Patterson his effort was high and wide Dan Happy had to be alert moments later making a double block
2: Yeah, very, very neatly done there because we didn't cut the cross out from the side um, and there was a double block there. And it was just lucky, you know, we were talking about... Um, Dan Happy earlier like right place right yeah. time here so uh one minute of time was added on and played out with no further action points
1: the half ended 2-0 to the mighty O's things that you love to see the attendance has announced at 2,330 And although you wait, tends to not announce we believe it to be approximately around the 400 mark so congratulations to everyone who was able to get there. I hope everyone got back a cake because I heard the train stopped running uh, down part of the line and a few mm. fans left stranded in Harrogate. So we had a tweet at half-time from Shrimpy underscore boy. said, super solid half of football from the O's. Shout out to Brown in particular, who seems to be having one of his best performance covering for James at right back.
2: Yeah, I agree. Much better half from us. Um, even with Harrogate trying to get back into the game with their sort of chances, we've been solid. And I think fundamentally, everybody's been working hard. Everyone knows their roles and everyone's been covering... To, yeah, doubling up on attacking players at times. It's just fantastic how everyone's playing for the shirt now. Uh, there were no changes for the O's at half-time as Harrogate got the second half underway. We go straight into the action as Theo Archibald beat his man for pace. He was brought down just on the edge of the box. The referee awarded a free kick, although Archibald ended up inside the penalty area and was calling for a penalty, yeah. obviously. Uh, Archibald was the man to take it he whipped the ball in Jameson punched it away and we eventually won a corner which Monker took it was a short one to Kelman his shot was blocked and after the ball was recycled it was set for Jordan Brown just on the edge of the Harrogate box but his shot was pinged just wide. Good early pressure from us. We've started this half strong to try and really kind of push that death now into them.
1: Looking the for to kill it off. Yeah, 54th yeah. minute in. Spill of Harrogate pressure. Cross came in from our left-hand side. Beckles was well positioned to deny Grant, who was alone at the far post. And Beckles cleared the ball off the line. The ball came back out. The ball came back in as Vigory acrobatic pushed. The follow-up shot away. Good defending there. It's exactly what you want to see.
2: Everyone was there. All bodies on the line. Beckles in the right, but we criticised him earlier and recently, but he was in the right place at the right time. Slightly poor defending on our part to allow us to be in that position uh, with Grant being at the back post unmarked. But nonetheless, we dealt with it and then we cleared our lines and, and, and we moved out. So, absolutely fantastic. I'm not sure who was meant to be tracking him, but there you
1: go. Done really well there. Like we said, we, it wasn't going to be our day away to doing. I think at that point, Harry probably knew it wasn't going to be their day in terms yeah. of what what they had just seen there. But yeah, Beckles, amazing. Vigs showing why he's the best keeper in this 100%. league. 100%. On the hour mark, Charlie Kelman had an effort after Paul Smith played a through ball. But James had deflected his shots away from danger. Yeah,
2: three minutes later,
1: Burrell headed over for the hosts from a corner. Yeah, let's get forward into the 72nd minute. First O's sub as Charlie Kelman was replaced by Aaron Dryman.
2: Yes, he was. And then our second sub was four minutes later as Rob Hunt was
1: replaced by Jaden Sweeney. Not sure if that's injury. Related I think at just all. game management, I would imagine, get get a few, what, 15, 20 minutes into Sweeney's legs, manage on. I would yep. imagine so anyway. 80 minutes in, George Moncur broke away, played the ball into the area, into the path of Paul Smith. He took a first time shot, well, well wired that one. Yes,
2: yeah, 86 minutes, final sub for the Oasis. Paul Smith was replaced by Stephen Duke McKenna, who had a shot over the bar three minutes later.
1: Yeah, four minutes of time added on this one, played out, no further talking points as the mighty O's got back to winning ways, doing the damage in the first half and winning the game 2-0 and getting a lovely three points. Now, Richie Wellens spoke today, Victor, after the game. The interview is on YouTube. We, we normally mention it a bit more. However, we've got our own little uh, snippet from Richie who kindly sent us this message earlier today. Hi,
0: this is Richie Wellens. This is a message for everyone at the Orient Outlook podcast. Um, congratulations on your
1: 300 episodes and here's for 300 more. Well done, guys. Love it. Short and sweet there from Richie. But Perfect. We love it. Thank you, Super Richie Weddings, for sending us that message. And like we said, Richie's interview with Dave is on YouTube. It's about four minutes long. We've got some good little insight that on yesterday's game. So that win means the O's after 18 games. Still top of League 2. one thirteen drawn 3, lost to Goal difference now, plus 17, 42 points, which probably means relegation, 870 mean, possibility yeah. this season, which is all good. So, Biddle Day for the 300th episode, your views on
2: Harrods? Happy to be talking about an excellent team performance. <laughs> happy to be doing that everyone worked hard as I mentioned earlier I even thought the referee had a good game to be honest with you there were a few standout players in that match for me a special mention to uh, to Darren Pratley I thought he was solid everywhere really leading Uh, I think it's fairly obvious from the comments that we're going to get in and if anyone's been watching social media at all or even seen the highlights uh, on the closer look Jordan Brown take a bow absolutely superb my man of the match, I, I think it's it's fairly obvious um, that it's probably most people's. I think Tom James is going to have a bit of a fight on his hands here to get that shirt back because I don't see how you can jock Jordan after that after that match if you're going to base before, uh, positions in the team uh, on merit. Uh, he got forward at every opportunity that he could. Uh, it was a real difference because I don't think Tom James has been doing that like that as much. Um, but he also did his defensive duties well. He had that defensive awareness, and obviously, not being a natural right-back, the duties that you get versus in midfield are very, 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 very different, but he was very, very good. Vigarou kept us in the game on numerous occasions with some fantastic, fantastic saves, acrobatic, flying through the air, pushing the ball out, fantastic stuff. Uh, I felt that this starting eleven felt more balanced, and with the experience of having Smith Monker and Archibald felt a greater uh, breadth of experience and talent moving us forward so they keep us up the pitch and also be able to attack and know where they all play and where they're all going to be. So I felt it was, a,
1: it was much more balanced. I think you're doing Charlie Kelman a disservice there. Okay. I think Kelman makes that free work better. As In what a, way? As a unit, just as an attacking unit. And I think that hasn't been as visible when Drianon started. So I don't, I don't want to call out Dryden too much but I think Kelman knows how to lead the line better okay. within that formation and get him up the pitch quicker. Okay. So he might not run as hard as what Dryden might defensively in the press but Kelman I think leads the line better to get more space on the wings for okay. uh, Smythe or Smith and Archibald and get Moncourt to come forward quicker and join in attacks. But saying yeah. that, if you're going to defend Ryan and Moncourt hasn't played the last three or four games. Yeah. And, and Moncourt has been a massive miss.
2: And he's a number 10, yeah. playing in a number 10 position.
1: Yeah. yeah, fair point. Good
2: to be talking about a win. A clean sheet. No bookings picked up in this game. <laughs> uh, and it. a clear week ahead to prepare for the trip to Stockport. So anyone that's got any niggles or anything like that can get them fit. Yeah. Uh, and then we travel up to Stockport next week.
1: Love, Love it. Yeah, yeah, comfortable you know, back on track after a disappointing midweek, but like I said, I've got complete faith in the team this season and when we lose one, it's important we don't lose two and we that's not happened so far this season. We did get lucky at big moments in the game. I said Beckles is clear on off the line early in the second half if that goes in. Yeah. it's thirty five minutes with the crowd right behind them and they they get their towers up. But, you know, I think we deserved that luck after the luck we've had in the last two games, you know, crew away, disallowed goal. Yeah. Uh Wimbledon away, disallowed goal. So it You it, you get... It all evens itself out, which is fine. Something that I've noticed, and I think you touched upon it um, to some extent, is that when players are having to come out of the team, whether it's for an injury or a suspension, whoever's come in, especially in defence, to be fair, with Jaden Sweeney as well. So when Rob Hunt was injured, Sweeney came in and Did had well. a fantastic 4-5 mm. game. Seems that that's going to happen again with Jordan Brown. So Tom James, mm. who had an amazing season last season started this season really well has gone off the yeah. boil a bit defensively I think it's fair to say in the last five or six weeks now he's lost his place in the team given what all of the, most of the comments are saying given your views given Hero of the Week that we'll talk about later Jordan Brown is probably one of the first team names on that team sheet hmm. on Saturday hmm. Tom James will be on the bench and again it's that they're, they're all pushing each other for places so Kelman comes in yesterday he plays for 70 minutes I think Kelman's done enough to get his name on the starting sheet Yeah. for next week again Moncur. you would imagine keeps his place retains his place
2: assuming he's fit assuming he's fit Smith yeah so the team literally writes itself they're they're
1: all all pushing each other but they know if they fall out of the team they might not necessarily make it back in so now now Tom James will be waiting for Jordan Brown to to have a bad game so I really like that Paul Smith again like mentioned can score headers who knew I didn't. I just finished by saying great win I think had we lost that game it would have been three losses in a week Yeah. and I think you would have seen that a few more fans panic no, so dang. I think Harry I think it's actually a bigger game than what we realised at the time I think had we lost this the world was, would have started to come off and you would have seen more panicky fan base however we're sitting here going right still top of the league mm-hmm. back on track Montclair's mm-hmm. back we look good attacking and it's all rosy if it, had we lost this I think you might take a bit of pressure for the first time this season the comments will be very team. different to what we're about yeah, to read out though absolutely all and all love it and I'm so glad we get to talk about winning our 300th episode 100% agree with you so
2: let's move on to the fellow fans who tweeted us at or in Outlook at full time with their views Daniel underscore D44 kicks us off After this match he says great to get back to winning ways, especially with all the teams around us winning as well. Makes a change to score from a corner and not have anyone booked. Going to be a strange November,
1: with no home games. So certainly is. Mr underscore T82 says, results like this are why I think we are the real thing this season. We were poor during the week, which is going to happen now and then, but we're not letting one loss become a problem and we can show we can come back stronger. Great tweet.
2: Leighton Laureate said, a bit more wide open than the game needed to be as Harrogate Town had a fair share of chances, but the O's took care of business with a nice bounce back win. Just on that point, I actually think the statistics were that Harrogate had more of the possession than us. Fine. Just Fine. goes to show you, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't does it? matter,
1: no. Orient meat pie. It's a dynamic first half, defended well against a very good attacking side. We dug in the second half and were very disciplined and workmanlike. Really professional performance, exactly what
2: we needed. Dan Alton, 2590, said, expected a win today and in the end it was routine. Perfect response to today's poor showing and proving that loss to be nothing more than just a bad night at the office, which is a great point. Which, deep down, we all knew it was just that. We'll need to be more clinical against better sides. Yes, yeah,
1: good tweet there. Yeah. S.R. Barber, 1986. A professional performance in the end. And as I said previously, the only way we don't go up is several bad injuries or complacency. We are so much better with Monker and Elmiz in the team making a huge difference. Also... Wow. Brown has to stay in the team, in my opinion. Good
2: yeah, I haven't even really mentioned El Mizuni in that, but what Makes he, a did, he did, he did effectively. Yeah, he played a massive
1: part in the penalty. Obviously, Prattley gets the plaudits for playing the through ball, but Mizuni has to battle to get the ball to Prattley to be yes. able to get him forward. So, yeah, great shot. Great yeah,
2: we've left out some pretty fundamental detail on that. How bad? Uh, Boatsy tweeted in and said, great to be able to bounce back from successive defeats with a fairly comfortable win. Once we scored the first, it was always a case of how many... They didn't offer much as we didn't get out of second gear. Stockport will offer more next week, but we are are two and nine points clear of fourth.
1: Nine points clear of fourth, amazing. I did it. Joe, I'm not even looking at fourth. I just keep looking at the top of the league. So nine points clear of fourth is amazing. Ross McCaff said, points on the board, who can complain? A tough month's worth of fixtures and if we can end this month on top of the league then that will be good that's a good show it's been a difficult month and we're almost
2: literally only two two fixtures for us and both of them are pretty long distance ones away yeah obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. or in underscore and crew obviously in the FA Cup. or in underscore Ed said hardly fantastic but after Tuesday night I'm not moaning we had some good runs and passes without really threatening their keeper and great saves from Viggs and a goal line clearance keeping the two goal cushion if one had gone in, it may have been a very different game. That's also a really good point. Their keeper wasn't challenged as much as Lawrence Vigory was. Absolutely. But at that
1: point though, we were already two up. Mm. So yeah, what well, maybe not uh, going as hard as what we could have. Apostolos Andre nice over the moon to get back to winning ways. Well, Please for the players that have come in and proved they can deliver.
2: Molly Folly 2019 said, we are the real deal. Just think what's going to happen when we click into gear. Stevenage are not going away, but nine points from fourth, that's the real stat that matters.
1: Yeah, I take it you've seen the Stevenage goal from yesterday with the keeper. No. Are you not seeing it? No. So their keeper... Stevenage's keeper. no, Hartlepool. Stevenage Hartlepool 0-0 like the 80th minute, right. I heard they scored late. They did score late. And their keeper got the ball, caught from Cross caught the ball, rolled it out, then they'll roll it out, didn't realise a striker was behind him, the striker comes from behind him, says thank you mate, dinks it past him, just kicks it into the end, says, yeah. lovely, well not for us, because it would not be great for Stephen, yeah, yeah, so annoying, Janine Adelman, so just bumped in, to Jordan Brown, on the way, into Harrogate, got the opportunity to tell him, what a great match he had had, and how everyone around us, was saying, he was mad of the match, a very, Humble bloke. Oh, good Love man. to see it. Yeah, Mark Ross
2: six three six eight nine five zero nine said, "Great to bounce back. Still loads of room for improvement, though." Brown was solid and got forward well, and Prattley really is leading by example. Can't complain at another clean sheet. A lot really points for uh, Mr. Prattley this yeah? evening as well. Yeah, rightly so. Yeah,
1: Steve f once a very competent away performance. Brown and Happy were outstanding at the back. We do need more of a goal threat though. We can't rely on Smith every week.
2: Parksey1881 said, What a time to be an O's fan. A team that's solid and not quite hitting their potential are top of the league. This isn't what we're used to. In the fifteen or 1600s, there'd be a Witchfinder General searching for hearsay." up the mighty O's a bit of a historical reference there absolutely her, her, sorry heresy I beg your pardon
1: Cody Parry said he learned something with every episode so that's what he would have learned in heresy this one. yeah yep. absolutely Gary Talbot 7 with the penultimate tweet in this episode said so, the sort of win you need if you aspire to be champions just need a bit more penalty boxing else, but happy overall yeah absolutely and the final word of the week this week goes to Steve White LOSC
2: who says bounce back ability everyone loses games it's about how you respond
1: Great stuff from the players and the management. So it's been a very busy week on our social accounts. You can let us know if you agree or disagree with anything that's been read out in this episode. So you can tweet us at Orient Outlook. You can email us at at outlook.com. You can find us on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook. Underscore podcast. It's been a while since we've had a, a message on our 300th episode. So David, that Matt Hiscock always do some great commentating on Orient Life. We've got a message now from Matt, uh, who is part of the Orient Life team. So here is Matt's message.
0: Paul, Steve, it's Matt Hiscock from the Orient Live. Commentary team, hope you both well. I understand it's your three hundredth podcast episode, so huge congratulations to you both on reaching that landmark. That's an outstanding achievement. Obviously, you've stayed the course. You were the first to arrive, and I know talking to a lot of supporters around E10, they value the contribution and, and you both keeping them abreast of what's going. On in and around the club so well done for that Um, keep independent keep asking the questions and um, look forward to another 300 episodes maybe we can talk around Orient in the Champions League snatching a result late on but equally asking the questions on things like electronic scoreboards I'm sure everyone would enjoy that well done to you both and look forward to seeing you soon up the O's Matt Hiscock Tom, uh, Matt
1: Hiscock has listened to this podcast.
0: He's asking
1: the questions that we want answers
2: to. <laughs> Electronic scoreboards. <laughs> Great
1: stuff. Thank you, Matt, for the message. Much appreciated. So the Carol Langley Flores Prediction League, lots of correct predictions uh, from yesterday. Quite a few of you getting three points for two nil. Quite a lot of you getting four points for two-nil and a scorer. Shout out to Dave Brew, four seven nine-seven, six nine one one and M8XYL who both predicted two-nil. Both scorers got in a maximum of five points. Well done to you guys. That means the top of the prediction league is as follows, with Daptal Osfan pulling away now. He's got 23 points already this season. I think Wadsey won last year with 32 points already. Is as that fans, what it was? Uh, two, two, points? When well, you say that's what it was, that's like about 10 correct predictions out of 46, 47. It's yeah, so yeah, yeah. So It's not bad, but yeah, yeah. 23 points is... a a hell of a record to be having. 17 points behind is O's Fan Basing, who won our second ever prediction league. So he's been there before he's done that. So a hot on the tracks. 16 points, David Landau, 17, 15 points. Wings made loads of people around 14 points, 13 points as well. That prediction league table was up on our Facebook page. And thank you to everyone who sends in their predictions. Absolutely, and kudos to you for getting it right when you do, with the scorers as well. It's
2: no mean feat. No, not at all. Sunday the 13th of November, today as we record our 300th
1: episode, it is Remembrance Sunday. It certainly is. The ladies were in action today against Hackney Reserves. At half-time, they were five one up thanks to a hatchet from Bates and goals from Lily and Newsham. However, uh, on a sour note, the game was abandoned in the 77th minute due to an injury to an Orient player. So as we record this, we don't know the extent or the player who was injured. We hope whoever it was who was injured is okay. And we wish that player, well, we never like to see no. anything go out say That's a bit abandoned due to an injury to anyone. So we just hope always okay uh, in the world there.
2: Absolutely. So we're at an hour 12 now. We are nearly done. So let's start wrapping this uh, mega show up. We start with a fantasy football update. Lewis Fear is top of the Orient Outlook Podcast Fantasy Football League. He's got 986 points. Just one point ahead of Chris Wagstaff, who's in second place. Steve's uh, bumbling around 212th place out of 355 players. But obviously that doesn't include all of today's games and the points from those. So... Let's
1: move on. Let's move on. I don't even want to talk about fantasy. No football good today. I don't want anymore. to talk about fantasy football league today. Oh, because no. Man City lost, didn't they? They did. Brentford. Brentford. Yeah. When we started this podcast, Coupon when Buster. we started this podcast, Brentford were a league one club. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Positives well, they, they It was us them and what us us we'll them, them and wolves we'll, that were at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Positives then and the negatives of the fortnight. So two positives, two negatives. Positives, obviously, still top of the league. Two things you love to see that will never get out of our positives while we're up there. Uh, second positive, and there's loads of mini positives within this big positive was Saturday's performance, clean sheet, two goals, no bookings, brilliant. Love to see it. So Absolutely. a great Saturday. Negatives
2: in? Mr. Just the two negatives: Ruel's injury, obviously him having to pull out, leaving us with just six subs on the bench on Saturday, uh, and obviously the losing uh, to Wimbledon and the way that all happened and the stewards and that, yeah. just that whole event really.
1: Uh, is a big negative so let's move on then to the Carol Langley Florist Hero of the Week yeah so we took this one to Twitter uh, this morning and we nominated the following players we nominated Jordan Brown obviously putting a great shift on a Saturday as did Darren Prattley, who got a nomination Paul Smith the shortest player on the pitch scoring with his head had mm-hmm. to be nominated and Lance Vigoro who made uh, some decent saves on Tuesday night as well as good saves yesterday we had 136 votes in 10 hours for this one so ladies and gents on the 300th no episode your hero of the week 60, 60% of the vote isn't a huge majority it's like enough but I've seen much bigger swings anyway look. Jordan mm-hmm. Brown yeah well done Jordan well well done, Brown Jordan well, Jordan deserved, well deserved well
2: so let's move on then to next week's fixtures just the one fixture coming up this week as we've mentioned earlier we are off to the Manchester area, Greater Manchester. We're going to Stockport County. First time in a few years. Uh, that's happening on Saturday the 19th of November. And after a difficult start to the season, with Stockport acclimatising back to Football League, they are now 12th hey, are doing very well. in the Football League. Uh, they beat Newport County 2-1 away on Saturday. And of their last six, they've won four of them, drawn one, lost one. So they've only lost one in si- of their last six. So they've really hit... Uh, unfortunately a bit of form uh, yes. going into it so it will be a strong and interesting match
1: there ma- were a lot of people's tips to go straight up doing yeah. the double We had a horrible start to the season but like you said they're acclimatised they're learning they are now ready to go so it's been a wonderful 300th episode we have one uh, yeah. more thing I think we had one more but I can see something in the plan it suggests differently we had one more um, message to give you from one more board member he's been a massive supporter of the On Outlet podcast, even when he wasn't involved in the club when this podcast started. So I think it's fair to give him uh, the headline slot in this one. He joined us episode 50 back at the Supporters Club. Good uh-huh. If you remember that one. I so do. Uh, we were delighted to get a message uh, from Matt Porter, uh, and here it is.
0: Hi, guys. Matt Porter here. Just a quick note to congratulate you on 300 episodes. Wow, it's been a rocky ride. Plenty of ups, plenty of downs and everything in the middle. And I suppose at Orient, we'd never have it any other way, would we? Keep doing what you're doing. Keep following the clubs. Keep supporting the O's. Let's hope the season keeps going in the same way that it started off. And by about episode 330, let's say, we've got something good to talk about. All the best.
1: That would be lovely. Uh, Yeah, I mean, who knows? Like we said, 300 episodes more. Who knows what will happen? It's been a, a very... Uh, bumpy journey, hasn't it? It's been massive highs ups and downs, terrible I remember. Lives.
2: I remember nine years ago saying to you, what are we going to talk about that happens at Leighton Orient? How are we going to possibly feel half an hour? And here we are at 76, <laughs> 77 minutes. <laughs> eight
1: years later. I,
2: well, yeah, nine years later. Uh, eight years later,
1: sorry, yeah. How, like, we're struggling to get it under I, me- I remember specifically pitching you the idea with the four of us and our two wives we've got a massive bit of piece, but I think it's fine because if you're listening now it's 300 it. like if you're still with us then cool. I remember pitching you the idea or it just be culture 2-1 I remember this vividly and we uh, Mo scored the winner and we were on such a high we went out in Loughton somewhere we did I, we went out be ZZ it might be easy it might have been somewhere and mm. I said we we, all do. we were doing was talking about football that night and our wives were like this is boring this is ridiculous this is rubbish and I said "We should, this should be a podcast me and you should do an Orit podcast and you mm. win no, like what would we talk about? We wouldn't even feel half an hour after like a three hour dinner. Look at us now. Yeah, here we are. Eight here years are. later. Eight nine years seasons. Later. Later. Absolutely. So <laughs> sponsorship reminder. Yeah, don't forget if you're thinking of moving home, keep it in your own family. Save yourself a few quid by using trusted estate agents town and country Harlow. You can call them on O one two seven nine double eight three triple four or zero seven five two eight four seven one four nine seven or go and tweet the guys at TNC Harlow or tweet Charlie at Charlie underscore Paul. I'll leave you uh, to this bit because I don't know if you've had this message and been sitting on it or if it's just coming while we're recording. It's just coming while we started recording. Lovely stuff. Uh, I didn't tell you about
2: it because I thought it would be a nice little cheeky surprise. It was a nice little cheeky surprise. Uh, For those that have been with us since the start or those that have listened to our back catalogue of interviews, you will probably remember that our very, very, very first ever interview was with a left-back who uh, is, was very, very prolific, is, is very fondly remembered and, and is arguably uh, one of the legends and our best probably left-back that we've had at the club in many a moon, uh, which is quite a strong state because we've had a couple. Uh, but delighted to say that Matt Lockwood uh, sent us a message just shortly after we started recording and I'm delighted to be able to place, I haven't listened to this I don't know what oh, he's right, saying. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we're just going to cut straight into it Matt Lockwood uh, has the last
1: word Hi guys, it's Matt Lockwood here I just wanted to send you a quick message to say congratulations on the 300th episode of the podcast what an amazing achievement To keep putting out content like you guys do, week in, week out, talking all things Orient. It's a fantastic achievement. You guys should be proud of yourselves. Um, Literally, like I said, I just wanted to say well done. Hope to be on the show again soon, having probably kicked it off many moons ago when you first invited me on there. Um, Always a pleasure to speak to you guys. Always an honour to uh, come back and speak about all things Orient. Um, And I will hopefully see you all soon. Cheers. Oh, what a lovely way for it to come full circle! So yeah, our first ever interview, where me and Paul, very inexperienced Remember. interviewing to duo, who didn't know what the hell we were doing, had Matt Lockwood for two and a half hours. So again, if you're a relatively new listener or you haven't gone back into the vaults, I think mean, after episode thirteen, there's a Matt Lockwood standalone interview. It might even be after episode eight or nine, actually. To be fair, uh, go back and have a listen to that. That is an amazing. The interview when we used to ask players about their entire careers before we even got to Orient and we quickly learned that we just had to skip to Orient straight yeah. away especially not, when people can talk didn't even get to Lockwood <clears throat> to Orient like to the hour mark but he, is, he had a, a fascinating career so lovely yeah. uh, that's a lovely Top way to, to end out. episode 300 I think full circle completely yeah yeah, really good Thank Really you good. Good. so thanks for
2: joining us for episode number 300 that is it in the can we, are hope, we were hoping to be talking about two wins this week but with one defeat and one win this week, we are where we are. And what a way to mark our 300th episode. We're top of League 2. After 18 games, only two losses all season, we'd have taken that at the start of the season. I would have bitten your arm off for that at the start of the season if you'd have offered it to me. Uh, there are there are no easy games in this league. Stockport have been steadily improving. They won't be pushovers. So hopefully, we'll be on top form again and talking about another O's away win next week our final league game of the month
1: yeah it certainly is if you're listening on itunes please subscribe give our podcast a five-star rating and review whatever platform you're listening on you can also rate the show on spotify and if you're listening anywhere add us to your favorites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as they are uploaded we are also on all smart speakers we are also on fan hub so you can pretty much listen to the podcast Everywhere, And now is probably a pivotal time to say this. If you follow a Premier League team, or your dad does, or your brother does, or your best mate does, or your girlfriend does, or anyone who's bored and doesn't know what to do with themselves and can't get any content from their Premier League club or their Championship club, send them our way. Stick this on in their ears and get them involved in the Orient Outlook podcast. There's never been a better time to pass the pod. There's no Premier League now for a month and a half, two months almost, and everyone is loving us at League 2. Amazing football going on, and you get to hear the sound of your South Stand chums in your earbuds. So please pass the pod. So basically, thanks to everyone uh, for their voice messages for this episode. Everyone came back to us so quickly and said they were willing to do it. We appreciate that one. Everyone from Richie, from playing staff, from board members to ex-players, it's been fantastic uh, hearing those ex-messages. Certainly put a smile on my face. It's been great seeing all the tweets that have come in today congratulating us on 300 episodes. Yeah, it's actually kind quite a milestone quite I'd say for a League 2 football club I mean, it's 8 years worth of content that we've been doing this so um, I'm very proud of us being a little it, it, it is. it is it's impressive and um,
2: it, it, it's something I didn't think would, would grow to be as much as it as it is now and uh, yeah it wouldn't be without people that are listening to us we can, wherever you so, are in the world I hope you're all safe wherever you are in the world whether you're in uh, the Americas Australia New Zealand Middle East Africa Europe wherever you are we really appreciate you making the time uh, especially as this is now uh, strolling towards the hour 25 mark. So thank you. Just wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you very much indeed. People that have sponsored us, people that have listened to us, people that have been interviewed by us. Remember, initially we were going around doing fan yeah. interviews outside at the, the start ground. of it, outside yeah. the ground. I think Billy Herring was my very first one right. for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that uh, he was tremendous. He he can speak really well. Um, and yeah, it's just fantastic that, that everybody's just engaged and is engaging. And uh, yeah, it, it's just... You know, we're here nine seasons on eight years, nine seasons, so
1: many more. Yeah, here's to episode 400. I'm not there. divorced
2: yet, so I'm,
1: uh, no, I'm, I'm still here. We're doing all right. The wives have accepted. Uh, Sunday night is on the Outlook podcast night now, um, and I think they, they, they quite uh, enjoy it as well. So 300 now <laughs> is done. Thanks to everyone, like we said, who has got involved with this one. 301 will follow next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.